many things about it. Now, before we jump into the story tonight, I wanted to remind you where we were last week, because it was one of the coolest stories in the Bible to, to me. I love it. It's where Jesus is walking on water, right? In this, on this lake. He's walking on waves, which is, if you don't know this, that's weird. That doesn't normally happen. When you walk on water, typically, you don't walk on water. You walk through water, and you fall through the water. And then you're walking on the bottom of the pool or the lake or wherever you are. So this was an odd thing, but Jesus was doing it. And then he calls to one of his disciples named anyone? Peter. Peter. And Peter comes out and starts walking on the water too. And he's totally zoned in on Jesus. He's totally going after Jesus. He's pursuing him. He's walking on water. And then all of a sudden he realizes there's wind, there's waves. Oh my word, I'm walking on water. He freaks out and he falls in. Jesus picks him back up, rescues him, puts him in the boat. Everybody is freaking out. And then they are worshiping him because he's Jesus. And they're reminded of that again. So this story picks up after that. It's a few chapters after that. But before we jump into it, I wanted to ask a question. I like to start with questions sometimes to get us thinking. And my question is this. Have you ever met someone and then it changed the way you thought about them? Like you thought something about them and then you met them and got to know them and then it kind of changed the way you thought about them. Yeah? I've totally done this before. Like in school, I've, I've seen some people from afar and thought, dude, they're totally big goobers like they're they're dummies and I get to know them and I realize they're super smart but when I would hear them talk before like they would use these really dumb words and I would be like man you're kind of slow right are you in the special classes and and then I get to know them and they're like in all honors and they have straight A's and they make me look like a an idiot and so I changed the way I thought about them once I got to know them. Then there's other people that I thought were totally mean. Like, I just thought they were just mean. Because they would, um, would kind of, like, do everything right. They always got on the, the, the sports team. They always made the good grades. They always did everything perfect. So I'm like, dude, they're probably so stuck up and mean and, like, think they're better than everybody else. And I totally have this idea of them in my head. I'd be like, man, I don't like them. And then I get to know them and meet them and talk to them more. And sometimes I was right. Sometimes they were totally like, like stuck up, like their nose was up at me and I could see all their boogers. You have boogers too. (sighs) But then other times I would get to know these same people and they were not that way at all. They're totally nice. They're very like good people. And I would change my opinion of them. I would think differently of them. Um, I have a specific story, though, that I wanted to tell you um, about my cousin-in-law. Now, my cousin-in-law is somebody, not like, you know, not like, I don't know, Brad Pitt famous or anything, but pretty, fairly well-known person. Uh, Does anybody want to take a guess at who my cousin-in-law is? You're never going to get it, but I'm curious what you think, who you think. I need hands, I need hands, and I'll call on you, I want to hear who you think it is. Yeah, Byron. Who? Robert Pattinson. No, I'm not related to a Twilight guy. Yeah. Yes, Blake. My cousin-in-law is not Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Who? Tron? 
Like the program from the movie, Tron? No, and it's not Chuck Norris. I heard somebody say Chuck Norris. No, that would be amazing though. I would love to be related to Chuck Norris. Yeah. Tim Tebow. No. Did y'all see him win again on Sunday? The man cannot lose. Yeah. Courtney. Did you both say that? Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp is not my cousin-in-law. No. He's not quite that famous. Y'all are thinking a little too famous. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan. No. No. Yeah. Yep. Justin Bieber. No, I'm not related to the Beepster. I'm not. Uh, one of you girls, I, don't, I can't see. Yeah, you. Britney Spears. No, I'm not related to Britney Spears. Yeah. Megan Fox. No. You. Who? Marky Mark. No. All right, one more, one more guess. One more guess. Yeah. Who? Brad Pitt. No, I wish. I wish I was related to Brad Pitt. All right, no. Y'all can put your hands down. I'm going to show you and tell you who, who I'm related to. So a lot of you are going to be very disappointed. I'm telling you, it's not like A-list celebrity, okay? It's a sports person. And they used to play for the Atlanta Braves. It's this guy, Andrew Jones. This, this is my cousin-in-law. He married my cousin. Um, my cousin's name is Nicole. And they've been married for a while now. They got kids. I've been to his house. And that's actually the story I wanted to tell you about, going to Andrew Jones's house. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Andrew, okay? He used to play for the Atlanta Braves. He played for us for uh, many years. Those were his best years, to be honest. Um, he got traded to the Dodgers first. Then a year later, got traded to, I think it was the, the White Sox. And then he went to the Texans, or uh, Texas. And then he, now he's a New York Yankee. So he's been traded around a lot because he hasn't done so well the past few years. But when he was here in Atlanta, he earned a whole bunch of golden, glo- golden gloves. Um, not golden globes. That's a whole different, that's he'd be an actor if he won those. He wins golden gloves. He's a really good fielder. And he had a really high uh, batting average. He was a really good hitter. He had a lot of home runs. He was just a really good baseball player all the way around. So back when I met him, he played for Atlanta. And he was a pretty big deal. Like, Andrew Jones was well-known in the baseball community. If you said Andrew Jones, everybody's like, yep, I know who he is. I got his baseball card. I got five of them. And then I got his rookie card. It's in a plastic case. So he was a pretty big deal back in the day. Now, I'm at his house, okay? First off, his house takes up a whole cul-de-sac. Yeah, unbelievable. And it's like two houses connected. It's ginormous, okay? Unbelievably big. So I'm there for a birthday party for my great aunt. And we're having it at his house because my great aunt is my cousin's great aunt as well. And, or it might have been her grandmother. I can't remember how it works out, but we're related. So we're there for my great aunt. I can't remember how it's related to my cousin, but we're there. All the family's there. And I'm hanging out downstairs in his game room. Now, when I say game room, I don't mean it's like a room with a ping pong table. Okay? Andrew Jones's game room, it does have a ping pong table. It also has a pool table. It also has a Pac-Man. It also has uh, a huge screen with like this touch screen remote thing. Um, and it also has electronic shades that come down. It also has an indoor basketball court. Um, it also has, uh, what else did it have? It had fountain drinks. It was ridiculous, okay? This is in a person's house. I'm not talking about going to Stars and Strikes, okay? This was his house. It was unbelievable. He had an indoor batting cage in his game room. 
unbelievable. And you walk outside and there's a big pool. So anyway, I'm hanging out at this house. I'm already like blown away like all the, with all this stuff. And I'm playing Pac-Man, I think, with my brother over at the arcade that he's got. And we're down there hanging out. And then this guy walks up as I'm trying to, you know, get a high score on Pac-Man. Uh, does anybody know what Pac-Man is, by the way? Okay, I want to make sure. I just want to make sure that everybody knows Pac-Man. So I'm playing Pac-Man. This guy walks up and he just starts talking. And he has a little bit of an accent, and, but he's really nice, like just talking. And, uh, and I talked to him for a little bit about Pac-Man and, you know, whatever, small talk stuff. And then he walks away. And then I go, I, I finish playing Pac-Man, and I walk over to the table where we were having our food. And we had the varsity cater the, the food for the night. Yeah, it was the jam. Chili, slaw dog, all the way. Come on, it was awesome. Chili cheese dog, chili cheeseburger. I'll eat it all day long. My wife hates me afterwards. I'll let you guess why. Now, I walk up, I walk up to this table where there's the varsity, and this guy's sitting there eating a chili cheese dog, one of my faves, one of my favorites. And he's eating it, and we start talking and having small talk again, you know, and I realized, okay, this is the same guy that was talking to me when I was playing Pac-Man, because I wasn't really paying attention. I was honed in. I was zoned in on Pac-Man. I had to eat the little things and not let the ghost get me. So I was focused, but I didn't, never saw his face, so... I'm realizing, okay, this is the guy, uh, this is the guy that uh, I was talking to at the Pac-Man machine. So we start talking, we're talking about the varsity, how we love chili cheese dogs, and, um, and we're talking about, you know, the party and all this stuff. And I start talking about the game room and the pool, and I'm like, man, this place is unbelievable, isn't it? I can't believe uh, Andrew has all this stuff, and my cousin has all this stuff. This is just nuts. And, uh, and then right about as I'm saying this, like as it's coming out of my mouth, my cousin walks by, he's like, hey, Brad, did you meet Andrew? And that's who I was talking to this whole time, was this guy, Andrew Jones, I'm talking to him, my cousin-in-law, I've never met him before, this is the first time I've been around him. And so I'm talking to him, not knowing who I'm talking to, and if you've ever thought of baseball players, you probably have this kind of persona in your head, like there's these big cocky jock guys, you know, that like don't care about anybody. He was a really nice dude. So I had no idea this was Andrew Jones. And then my cousin says, hey, have you met Andrew? And I'm like, and I'm full of like chili dog, right? I'm like, this is Andrew Jones. Andrew, it's good to meet you, man. I'm so, I had no idea it was you. You're really nice. Can I have your autograph? You just sign my shirt. I'll never wash it. You're great. I'm going to leave now because I look stupid. I'm going to walk away. I felt like an idiot. But after I met him, my whole like, idea of who he was and who baseball players were changed. Because I met one for real. Like I actually talked to one and he was really nice. And so I met the guy and what I thought what a baseball player was like and what a like, famous celebrity type guy was like was different. And I'm sure it's different for everybody. But once you really get to know somebody, even though you had an idea in your head what they were like, it changes once you actually get to know them. And you hear the truth about them, and you see the truth about them, and you experience who they really are. Then what you, you feel about them and think about them changes. And it's more accurate, and it's true, and it's right. So now, I actually know he's a really good guy, even though he might not be playing very well right now. He's a good dude. And... He's my cousin-in-law, so I'm related to him, so I kind of have to like him. But he really is a good dude, and I really like him, and it was all because I met him that I was able to change the way I think about him. So 
if you've ever been like that, you've thought something about somebody, maybe it wasn't a baseball player, maybe it was somebody at school, maybe it was um, somebody, I have no idea, a famous person, and you saw an interview with them, and you're like, oh, they're actually nice, or they're not as weird as I thought. Think about that, because that's kind of the, the theme of the story tonight, is getting to know somebody for real and letting that change the way you think about them. Are you with me? Give me a head nod. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the story. You with me? Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to it. If you don't, we're going to read it together. Again, this is a few chapters after him walking on water. And this is where we pick it up. Chapter 17, verse 1 of Matthew. It says this, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Now, these three guys, Peter, John, and James, these guys are the disciples of Jesus. They're one of the 12 disciples, but they're also called the inner three. So if you ever hear me or anybody else say the inner three, these are the guys. These are the three closest guys to Jesus. Of all the disciples, these guys know him the best. So these are like his BFFs of all the disciples. You know how you have your your group of friends, and there's some of you that are closer than others? You know what I'm talking about. Like, not everybody's BFFs, but you got a few in your group that you're really tight with. That's kind of how this is with Peter and and James and John. They're the closest to to Jesus out of the 12. So, he's taking them, them up to this mountain, okay? They're trekking up a mountain. Jesus, these three guys. And then it says, there he was transfigured. Let's pause right there, okay? Transfigured. Anybody know what transfigured means? Beth, saw you first. Transformed, yes, that's a good word to use. Transformed is another way, another word we could use right there. Transfigured, he's morphed a little bit, he changes, he doesn't look the same. You with me? Say yes. Okay, so right there on top of this mountain, Jesus is transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. You ever look directly at the sun? It hurts. That's what his face was like. It was so bright, it hurt to look at it, okay? Um, And his clothes became as white as light. So he's got a face like a sun and clothes as bright as light. You with me? Let's keep reading. Verse 3. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now, Moses is this guy from the Old Testament... Do you remember him? He parted the Red Sea. He led Egypt or led the Israelites out of Egypt. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Had the Ten Commandments. Probably had a big beard. Okay, well, he has been dead for quite a long time. Like hundreds of years, long time. Elijah, same thing. He's been dead for hundreds of years. He's a prophet from back in the Old Testament. These guys are like superheroes of the Jewish faith, okay? If you said to a Jewish person, hey, you ever heard of Moses? They would look at you like you were a moron. They would be like, are you kidding? Moses pretty much wrote all of the beginning of the Bible. Of course I know who Moses is. And if you said, hey, you know who Elijah is? Again, they would look at you and be like, are you in slow classes? Because of course I know who Elijah is. These guys are like superheroes in the Jewish community of faith. So when these guys see Moses and Elijah hanging out with Jesus, whose face is now like the sun, and his clothes are as white as light, they're probably wigging out a little bit. 
Because these guys have been dead for hundreds of years and Jesus is just talking to them in this new transformed form. Are you with me? It's a very weird scene right now. These guys are seeing ghosts, so they think, and Jesus looking different. Verse four, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. (laughs) I don't know why I think that's funny. Um, If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now remember, they're on top of a mountain. Usually mountains are colder. um, And so he's wanting to build a shelter for these guys, kind of like in honor of them. Like, dude, this is Moses, Elijah, and you. I will build you shelters. So Peter's trying to be like the, you know, the, the... the good dude to build some things up and do this for them. Um, while he was still speaking, so as he's saying this to Jesus, a cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son. Let, let's change the voice, okay, so it's not the same. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. You like that? I hope it sounded much better than that. But just for effect, I wanted to change my voice. So this cloud comes and like covers them. Has anybody been in a plane and you flew through clouds before? Never? Are you serious? Get in a plane, people. It's so cool to fly through the clouds. If you've never been through a cloud, okay, just imagine it, okay, these big poofy clouds that we see around. One of those flying down and covering Somebody, if you saw that happen, it would probably be like, oh my word, what's happening? And that's what happened here. This cloud comes and takes, kind of envelops these three guys that are talking. And then this voice comes out of the cloud. It's like a scene from a movie or something. And it's God saying, this is my son, talking about who? Yes, Jesus. Um, And he says he loves him. He's well pleased with him and listen to him. So he interrupts Peter, who's like, I'll build these shelters. And he's like, no, 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 okay, forget the shelters, all right? This is my son. I love him. I'm well pleased with him. Listen to him. In a cloud. Next, verse 6 says, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. I probably would do that too if I saw a cloud speak to me. Verse 7, but Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. Does that sound anything like some of the stories we've read already? Do you remember Jesus and he's in the storm and the, the guys think they're gonna drown and he's down there sleeping and they're freaking out and he's like, guys, don't be afraid. And then he calms the storm. And then last week we talked about he's walking on the water and the guys start freaking out. They think it's a ghost out there. They're like, Jesus, Jesus, is that you? And Jesus says, don't be afraid, it's me. Then here, They're freaking out because they're seeing Jesus for who he really is. They hear God's voice. Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. It's Jesus. Then it says, when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Everything was back the way it was before the cloud, before his face shone like the sun, before his clothes were white as light. It was all back to normal. It's like a weird bad dream or a good dream, actually. A weird good dream. I don't know what you would call that. Um, Verse 9, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, do not tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. So Jesus is predicting the fact that he's going to die, for one, 
And number two, that he's going to be raised from the dead. He's going to come back to life. Anybody in here know somebody that died and then came back to life? Okay, all of you, I need you to go out into the atrium. There's going to be a van that's going to come by, pick you up, put you in a straight jacket, and then they're going to take you out. Yes. Ooh, touche, touche. Yes, Jesus. Excellent. I'm just kidding. Don't go out in the atrium. You're very sane people. Uh, So... He's talking about dying, being raised from the dead, but he says, don't tell anybody until after this happens. Don't tell anybody about my face shining like the sun, my clothes being white as light, me seeing, hanging out with Elijah and Moses. Don't tell anybody about this until after I've raised from the dead. Oh, it's back. Oh, it's magic. Woo, 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 woo. Okay. Um, let's ask some questions. Let's figure this out a little bit more, Okay. How can we use this? How can we apply this? What can we do with this verse, these, uh, this story, okay? Let's talk about it. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus for who he was, which was who? God. Jesus is the Son of God, but he's also part of the Trinity, which is just God. That's a whole other teaching. We're not going to go into that tonight. Just know Jesus is God, okay? So fill in, if you're filling in the blank, God is the fill in the blank, because that's who Jesus is. And that's who they see him for. They see him in his glory, on top of this mountain. So, question with that. Why do you think Jesus said not to say anything until after the resurrection? Why do you think he said, guys, okay, you just saw something crazy. You just saw me look the way I truly am, okay, as the Son of God, as God in flesh. You just saw that for real. But don't tell anybody about this until after the resurrection. Why did he say that? Why couldn't they just come down on the mountain and and, and tell everybody, dude, we just saw Jesus for the way he was, man. His face was like the sun. He was glowing. It was unbelievable. He's talking to these two guys that have been dead for hundreds of years. Here's, Here's why I think maybe he said this. Because if they came down and said all this stuff, we've already seen that the disciples freak out pretty easily. They get scared really easy. And the only people that saw Jesus do this were these three guys. So if these three guys come down telling this crazy story, everybody's probably going to think they're what? Crazy. A little loco. A little nuts. And Jesus knows this. So he's like, guys, don't, don't tell anybody about this yet. Wait until I do this. Wait until I do this crazy thing that everybody's going to know about. Where I raise from the dead and people actually can't find my body because I'm alive now. That's what we celebrate at Easter. Wait till then. So here's why I think that that was the case. Not everyone saw him on the mountain. Not all the disciples were up there. It was just three of them. Uh, But they would know he rose from the dead later on. Like everybody would know that. So if they all heard this story after Jesus is already raised from the dead and then they hear that Jesus' face was like the sun and he was hanging out with Elijah and Moses, it's a lot more likely they're going to actually listen and they're going to respond and actually hear Jesus for who he is. But if they hear it before the resurrection, it's going to confuse them, it's going to freak them out, it's going to make them think that these guys are crazy. So, Here's the other cool thing about this story. Just like uh, those disciples that were at the bottom of the mountain that didn't go up with Jesus, we didn't see him on the mountain. We weren't there. 
We weren't Peter, James, or John. We weren't back there 2,000 years ago. Um, But unlike the disciples that were at the bottom of the mountain, we know that he has risen from the grave. We know Jesus is alive now. So when we read this story, we're reading it from the perspective of somebody who knows Jesus died. He was crucified on the cross. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. And he did all that to make a way for us to know him, to make a way for us to know God, to forgive our sins, to forgive all that junk that we've done in our life. The things that hurt us, hurt other people, the things God hasn't called us to. We know that stuff. We've heard that. And so when we hear about this mountain story where Jesus is on this mountain and you see his like, face is like the sun and his, his clothes are glowing like light, it shouldn't sound crazy to us. Because we know Jesus is who he really was, who he said he was. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's perfect and he's our Savior. So how did these disciples, how did these guys respond to seeing Jesus for who he was. You can say it out loud. How did they respond? They, they were afraid at first. But what did they do after they got over their fear? After Jesus assured them. Yeah, he reassured them. But what did they do after they were reassured? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a one word answer and it's something we did earlier tonight. No. Yes. Worshipped. After Jesus comforted them, after they saw him for who he was, after they got to know Jesus even more than they already did, and they were done being afraid, they worshipped him. These guys bowed down and they worshipped. Because they knew Jesus was who he said he was. That was their response. It's like, dude... I just saw Jesus for who he really was. I kind of thought he might be the Messiah. I kind of thought he might be God. But then I saw him for real on this mountain, like the way he really is. And dude, I just got to worship him because he's really Jesus. Like he's really the man. He's really God. He's really here to save us. And they just fall down on their knees and they just worship him. Because they see him for who he really is. And they believe who he really says he is. Because they've seen him in a new light. They've gotten to know him even better. And they believe. And they're not afraid anymore. Because this is Jesus. This is the guy that loves them. This is the guy that came to save them. But it drives them to worship. So, for us in here. People who know Jesus died and rose again. We read this story. We hear about Jesus being this bright light. A face that's so holy, so glorious, so powerful that it looks like the sun. Clothes that are so pure and holy that they glow like light. When we hear this, how does it affect us? How do we respond? So what is your response to who Jesus is? Think of yourself as like one of the disciples that wasn't on the mountain. And you hear this story and the resurrection has already happened. You know it to be true. 
You say you believe in Jesus. You say you follow Jesus. You hear this story. Do you really believe who he says he is? And are you really responding to who he really is? Because let's be honest, we all hear rumors and stories about who Jesus is. Like, Jesus is like this, or Jesus is like that. But the only thing we can really trust is what we read in the Bible, as far as who Jesus is. And we read in the story that he is this glorious, holy being. God. Son of God. In human flesh. So, we read this story. These disciples worship him. The question is, are we worshiping Jesus because of who he is? Are you guys worshiping Jesus for who he is? In your middle schools, daily, in your daily life, when you wake up, are you thinking, man, I get to know God because of Jesus, and Jesus was perfect. Jesus was holy. Jesus was all these things. And I, I get to know God because of him. And he really rose from the grave. Like, he really did that. That was for real. Because if we believe that stuff, and we really know that about Jesus, it should cause us to do the same thing these disciples did, and just fall on our knees and worship. And when we come in here at Revolution, and we get this, this chance to sing about our God, that if our God is for us, who can be against us? And how our God is greater and stronger, how he's healer. When we sing those things, we can actually sing them and know that it's true, that we believe them. Because we know who Jesus really is. And we know what he really did. And it's not crazy. We don't have to go out of here in a straitjacket because we do know somebody who rose from the, the dead. And he's alive now. And he's offering us life. And if we've accepted him, which a lot of you have, you know him as your savior then we, when we worship, man, we should be so, like, just in it, passionate, not caring if we raise our hands and worrying if we remember to put deodorant on or if we stink, or it doesn't matter. Je- we're worshiping Jesus, who cares? It doesn't matter if we sing bad, it doesn't matter if our voice cracks because we're going through puberty, who cares? We're worshiping Jesus. So here's my question. Are you responding to who Jesus is? who he really is, the Savior, the one who rose from the dead, the one who makes a way for you to know God and who saves us from all of our junk, all of our sin.